mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, each year, Medicare loses $60 billion to fraud and abuse. How seniors can protect themselves and their access to critical health care when they need it most. Also this morning, putting the spotlight on an underreported issue in recognition of Grandparents' Day. Older adults with a grandchild in the home are nearly three times as likely to experience food insecurity as compared to those without. And OSU Extension 4-H educator Lauren Berner kitzler gives us a recap of the Hancock County Fair. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, September 12th, 2022. Today is the National Day of Encouragement. So give somebody a little pick-me-up, a few words of encouragement today. It's a day for it. National Police Women Day. It was on this day in 1910 in Los Angeles that the first woman, Alice Stebbins Wells, was appointed uh, as a police officer, first female police officer, with uh, all of the powers that go along with being in a police uh, officer, uh, arresting authority, and, and all of that. Very first police woman on this day in 1910. So Police Women Day. It is National Report Medicare Fraud Day today, and... That is actually the topic of our cover story this morning coming up a little bit later on here. We'll talk about uh, the fact that Medicare, and this is just amazing to me, loses $60 billion to fraud and abuse every year. $60 billion. Not good for taxpayers. Not good for seniors who depend on Medicare either. And we'll explain. Coming up, so report Medicare Fraud Day today. It is National Video Games Day Uh, and National Chocolate Milkshake Day. So reasons to celebrate today. Uh, I have to to say there is not a problem with your radio. My voice is a little rough this morning. Uh, I woke up this morning and I just had this... I've (laughs) I've been popping cough cough drops uh, all morning long and my my voice is a little little strained uh, this morning. I think... It's probably because of all of the yelling at the TV that I did yesterday. What a crazy week one of uh, NFL football. I was watching the Browns-Panthers uh, game yesterday, and I, I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking, what a wild and crazy ending that was back and forth, and who was going to win? Was Baker going to beat his old team, or were the Browns going to uh, come back? And, of course, uh, Cleveland actually ended up winning it. Uh, the teams exchanging field goals there at the end and and uh, all of that. And I thought, what a crazy finish to that game. And then they switched over to the Bengals-Steelers game, which was even crazier with all of the missed opportunities for both teams to win that game before Pittsburgh finally p- uh, pulled it out as time expired in overtime. So just a crazy, and so I think that was what did it. I was yelling at the TV and and all of that, and I think that's what uh, ended up uh, ended up doing it. So I apologize, and that that on the heels of a crazy Saturday uh, of college football. I mean, you had uh, Alabama on the road, barely eking out a win at the last second against unranked Texas. So that was kind of crazy. 
And the craziest game of the weekend, maybe the craziest game of all this past weekend, was uh, Marshall upsetting Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Uh, that was just insane. That was just wild, wild. And uh, Kirk Herbstreit called that on ESPN's College Game Day uh, Saturday morning. All of the other uh, panelists, all of the other uh, hosts of the show kind of looked at him cockeyed when he said, watch out for Marshall. But uh, he called it. Uh, just amazing. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't seen this video, uh, I saw it. Uh, a friend of mine shared it o- over the weekend. And, and wild finish uh, between Van Wert and Wapakoneta on Friday night uh, where Van Wert had the late lead. Uh, like 12 seconds left, and uh, they had to uh, punt the ball away, and it was blocked, recovered by Wapak, and returned for a touchdown. Redskins win uh, on the uh, most improbable, uh, wild finish on Friday. This is just a crazy weekend of uh, football all the way around. Gotta, that's why we love football. That's why we love this game. What else is going on uh, to uh, start your Monday morning? They still have not launched the uh, Artemis rocket, right? The uh, unmanned uh, spacecraft to the moon. They still have not launched this. Um, If you are thinking maybe future exploration of space, colonizing the moon, going on to Mars is a really cool thing, maybe think again. Uh, Space has a number of adverse effects on the human body, according to experts, and I don't I don't know where this uh, story actually came from. It was NASA statistics or NASA data, but I'm not sure. This story popped up on my newsfeed over the weekend. I thought it was kind of interesting. A number of adverse effects on the human body to long-term exposure in space. Astronauts face issues like shrinking hearts, eye problems, DNA mutations. The absence of gravity also causes muscles to weaken over time. In particular, the calves, the quadriceps, and the back muscles suffer the most from long-term travel in space. Studies have shown that astronauts experience up to a 20% loss of muscle mass on space flights lasting uh, just 11 days. And they're talking about taking months to get to Mars. Can you imagine what that would do to the uh, human body? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Happen to see that. Um, what else is going on? Among the uh, first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, first thing this morning, I thought this was uh, appropriate to point out. Uh, you probably heard the old saying that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you have likely been told at some point over your lifetime that it's easier to lose weight or maintain a healthy weight if you have a big breakfast and then smaller meals throughout the day. The theory being that you have more time to burn off those calories that you take in at breakfast throughout the course of the day. You have more time to work all, work all of that off. Well, a new study has found, this is from the Aberdeen University in, is that Scotland? Um, anyway, Aberdeen University study finds that people actually burn a similar amount of calories no matter when they eat their biggest meal. Uh, They put 30 overweight and obese patients on two different diets, one where they ate larger meals in the morning and then 
one where they ate larger meals throughout the rest of the day, they found there was no significant impact on the amount of weight loss uh, on either of those diets. However, a big breakfast may help you feel fuller longer. Uh, They say there is no optimal time to eat when it comes to calories, but a big breakfast may help you control your appetite and stick to your diet when you're trying to lose weight. So that would be the advantage there. By the way, speaking of eating, I don't know if you uh, happen to see this. The latest viral video online hack that uh, Chipotle fans have picked up on is allowing customers, or was, they've put a stop to this, and that's the story. Um, Apparently, customers have been getting what amounted to a $10 burrito for $3. The company has announced that guests will no longer be able to order a single taco with all of the free toppings through their online platforms. The social media hack showed users ordering a single taco and then loading it up with toppings because they were free and then ordering a side tortilla. The end result is that it essentially comes out to being a burrito, but at a fraction of the typical cost. Workers around the country said orders slowed down the restaurant, um, the, the, the prep process, and wasted more packaging than traditional orders, and customers in some locations were even aggressive with employees over portion sizes. So Chipotle has stepped in and said, we're not going to do that anymore. I don't know how they're going to prohibit it, but they're going to prohibit it. So if you happen to see that hack, forget about it. Ain't happening. So going to feel very uh, autumn-like today. Uh, just another sign that uh, the change of seasons is upon us. We may not even get into the 70s today. Um... As summer winds down and the sun begins setting earlier and earlier, it is going to be time for the winter blues. And it is a real thing. School-age children, according to this report here, are most at risk of the winter blues as they head back to school. If the case is serious enough, it could be seasonal affective disorder or SAD, a condition that impacts one out of 20 American adults and even more Kids, parents are encouraged to take note of changes in their children's behavior. Um, There are various ways to help alleviate the symptoms of the winter blues or seasonal affective disorder. If you suspect you or someone you love is experiencing more than the typical back to school blues this time of year, uh, experts uh, suggest seeking medical attention. So pay attention to your kids uh, suffering from. The winter blues, particularly susceptible to that, I guess. So something to keep in mind. And uh, how about this? Big news uh, this morning. The winner of that $1.3 billion Mega Millions jackpot has still not come forward. You remember um, back in, what was it? A couple of months ago, something like that. Now it's been. Uh, The ticket was sold in Illinois at a gas station in Des Plaines, Illinois. Second largest jackpot in Mega Millions history. But if the lucky winner does not come forward by September 27th, they can still claim the prize, but they can only uh, select the option to receive the funds spread out over time. The lump sum 
option goes away after September 27th. So the lucky winner is running out of time to claim the prize in a lump sum. The director of the Mega Millions Lottery, Harold Mays, says we don't know whether or not this person, whoever it is, even knows that they have won. Sometimes people uh, who have won big don't come forward immediately as they process their feelings. They want to let the publicity die down and all of that. But there is the possibility that the person who won the $1.3 billion jackpot does not even know that he or she won. Can you imagine missing out on that? Finding out too late that you have the winning ticket. They can still claim the prize, but after September 27th, you can no longer take the lump sum. That's, so check those tickets if you happen to be in uh, Illinois a couple of months ago. Just put that out there. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly sunny skies expected today with a high of 68. It'll be partly cloudy tonight, a low of 55. The Finley Rotary Club has announced the nine semifinalists for its 2022 Golden Apple Awards. Annually, Rotary chooses three teachers from the elementary, middle, and high school levels to compete for the award. At last year's awards, we spoke with Liberty Benton Music Director Ray Wolf after he won at the middle school level. I'm just lucky to have received such a great education in Hancock County. I went to Van Buren K-12 and had some amazing teachers at Van Buren, including my music teachers. You can see the full list of semifinalists for this year's Golden Apple Awards on our website. The finalists will be announced at the annual Golden Apple Awards dinner on October 19th. Sunday marked 21 years since 9-11, and that fateful day is again being commemorated at the Ohio State House in Columbus. The State House lawn is aligned with nearly 3,000 flags in honor of all the lives lost on that day back in 2001. And it is designed to show from above the World Trade Center towers with a space in the shape of a Pentagon and an open strip representing the field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where United Airlines Flight 93 crashed. The flags will be in place until noon Tuesday. ONN's Andrew Kinsey reporting. Get more on the 9-11 flag display at the State House on the website. Jeep plans on converting half of its U.S. sales and all of its European sales to battery electric vehicles by 2030. But UAW Local 12 President Bruce Baumhauer says he fears it could result in thousands of job losses. He says there are plants that build exhaust systems, radiators, and other components that won't be needed. Baumhauer says he wants Toledo, which has a large Jeep plant, to invest in bringing companies to the city that make batteries and other components used in electric vehicles. Dave James, ONN News. People who live along East Lima Street in Finley or who use that street to get around are breathing a sigh of relief. After being torn up for months when Columbia Gas put in new gas lines, the roadway has been resurfaced and is now back open to traffic. Most of the curbs were also replaced. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, now to our cover story this morning, Medicare scams are on the rise. That's probably not surprising given how pervasive all types of scams are these days, but Medicare in particular loses an estimated $60 billion a year to fraud. 
That affects taxpayers, of course, and more importantly, makes it more difficult for seniors to get the legitimate care that they need. Rebecca Kinney is director of the Administration for Community Living in the Office of Healthcare Information and Counseling at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And Rebecca, you have a program called the Senior Medicare Patrol to help beneficiaries prevent fraud and abuse. Tell us more about this program. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. So the Senior Medicare Patrol is a federally funded national program that, uh, as you said, it helps Medicare beneficiaries and their families really understand and identify Medicare fraud. And our goal is to uh, help beneficiaries protect themselves from becoming victims of fraud. Uh, we have programs in every state, D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And uh, we are a free, unbiased resource for information and assistance. Uh, so um, it's really important for folks to reach out if they have questions and uh, or think they may have been a victim of Medicare fraud. So what are the most common types of scams that you see right now today that seniors should be particularly alert for? Yeah, the biggest thing is um, scammers trying to get access to Medicare numbers, and they do that through calling. A lot of times they'll they'll use the telephone and call you and try to use hooks like, um, you know, give me your Medicare number for some free COVID test or uh when the COVID vaccine first came out, we saw scammers using that as, as a way of calling beneficiaries and saying, you know, the vaccine's coming out. You need to give me your Medicare number so I can get you on the list and, and get you first on the list to get the, the vaccine when it's available. Um, really using kind of confusion and fear uh, to get access to that Medicare number, which they then take and bill Medicare for things that you don't need and you never received. Um, so, um, that's the biggest thing to watch out for. So be careful with your number and only give it to trusted doctors and providers and never give it out over the phone. Somebody called you and asked you for that number. Really treat it like a credit card or your social security card. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Probably the number one piece of advice is uh, just kind of a basic rule of thumb we can offer for seniors is to uh, make sure that they don't give out that Medicare number uh, unless they uh, and to, and unless it is somebody that they trust, their own doctor, uh, the hospital, that kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely, it's the most important thing. And if you, you get yourself in a scenario where um, you know you're talking to someone and, and they're trying to convince you that you need something like a genetic test to screen for cancer, or um, you know something along those lines, it, it, it may sound really good. But the best thing you can do is hang up and call your doctor and talk to your doctor because your doctor is the, the only one that really knows you and your health conditions and, and what you really need and don't need. And so, um, like you said, best thing is protect that number, hang up the phone. Uh, and, you know, Medicare is confusing. And yeah. so if, if you think you've been a victim, call. That's, call and get help. Yeah, that's the other uh, flip side of the same coin is that if you suspect that you are a victim of fraud or if you know you are a victim of fraud, the next step is to speak up, speak out, report it. 
Absolutely. And our senior Medicare patrol program can help you do that. We can help you um, sort through your bills or um, statements that you receive and uh, really kind of pull everything together and identify what really is going on. Is this really potential fraud or is it really a misunderstanding of Medicare? And then we can help get you connected to the investigators. We work very closely with the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General, who is primarily responsible for investigating Medicare fraud. Uh, and so we get them the cases that we come across as quickly as possible so that they can then uh, jump into the investigation with the goal of trying to get these scammers out of business as quickly as possible. But yeah. we, need, we need beneficiaries to speak up. Uh, if, if so, we can do that. You and, know, if, if if you don't, we we don't know about it always. Right, and and I'm I'm glad you mentioned because it was one of the points that I wanted to make. I noticed that it says here that the Senior Medicare Patrol aims to help prevent fraud, abuse and errors emphasis on that is worth pointing out that sometimes something that may initially look suspicious or raise some red flags will turn out to be a simple and correctable error but that also can cause headaches and make it more difficult for medicare recipients to get the care that they need in a timely manner and honestly the majority of the calls we get are just misunderstandings or mistakes that can be cleaned up and fixed and and you want to get those things fixed when you can because like you said let's say for example there's an error on your bill and you are being charged for uh, a test that you didn't receive um, oftentimes with some tests like genetic testing or um, you know diagnostic tests Medicare will only pay for those tests if you haven't received it before or in certain scenarios. And so if it is showing up on your record as something that you've already received, you may have difficulty accessing it later if it was a mistake. So it's important to get those things, identify them and get them fixed so that you don't run into trouble later in accessing your Medicare. So the resource is the Senior Medicare Patrol. How does this work and where do folks get more information about this? Yeah, so you can find more information about uh, the Senior Medicare Patrol program, but also more information about Medicare, some of the fraud schemes and and things that are happening on our website. Our website is smpresource, all one word, dot org. Again, it's smpresource.org. Or you could call our toll-free helpline. It is 877-808-2468. Again, it's 877-808-2468. And from that number, we will get you connected to the local SMP in your area. So you can talk to somebody in your community who um, is, you know, a neighbor uh, to help you uh, through whatever it is that that you're looking at uh, pertaining to Medicare fraud. The senior Medicare patrol out there to uh, help put a dent in that, as we said, estimated $60 billion a year lost to Medicare fraud. It is just a staggering number. Again, Rebecca Kinney, Director of the Administration for Community Living in the Office of Healthcare Information and Counseling at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Mention again uh, the website where we can send folks for all of that information. Of course. The website is smpresource, all one word, dot org, smpresource.org. Rebecca, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
So over the weekend, we marked Grandparents Day. In case you missed it, a big salute to grandparents everywhere. And according to a 2020 report by Feeding America, older adults with a grandchild in the home are nearly three times as likely to experience food insecurity as compared to those without. This is particularly relevant because multi-generational family units are becoming more common in this country. In fact, one in 10 grandparents live in a home with their grandchildren. So joining us this morning to talk about resources to help address this issue are Andrea Cody. She is Senior Project Manager at Sesame Workshop and Dr. Arathusa Kirk, National Senior Medical Director at United Healthcare Community and State. And Dr. Kirk, let me start with you. Uh, United Healthcare and Sesame Workshop have launched a support program with resources for grandparents and their families. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Uh, Well, we believe that grandparents should be celebrated every day. So we know that uh, Grandparents Day was on September 11th, but it's a great time to honor grandparents and continue that honoring throughout the month for all they do. Um, We know that this last year and the years previous have been really challenging for families as the COVID-19 pandemic continues, and it has had an impact on access to nutrition and nutritious and helpful foods, especially for families that are stretched with many resources. So our next chapter in our partnership with Sesame Workshop has been Happy, Healthy, Hopeful, Stretching Our Food Dollars as part of our Growing Every Day in Every Way program. It includes helpful tips and activities for planning and making easy, healthy, budget-friendly meals, and it helps uh, create that uh, environment of playfulness in the kitchen with grandparents and parents and helping children develop a very healthy relationship to food in these challenging times. So they can be downloaded in English and in Spanish for free at grandparentsday.com. And to be clear, I mean, we talk about the uh, pandemic uh, being one of the key uh, accelerants, I guess, for lack of a better term of this, but this was an issue before the pandemic and is going to be an issue uh, long after. I mean, this is not exclusively to the pandemic. No, I would say that there are many uh, forces, including economic forces. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pandemic was certainly a catalyst in many ways, Uh, but families that have uh, had multi-generational needs as well as uh, grandparents who are the primary caregivers is is a, a fact. And so those grandparents who are in their second stage of life and may have already who now are um, in the position of taking care of grandchildren really um, need that resource and support and celebration of the of the incredible impact that they have on the next generation. Now, uh, Andrea, this is not a new collaboration necessarily between United Healthcare and Sesame Workshop. You have worked together for uh, more than a decade. Talk a little bit uh, more about this relationship. Yes, yeah, Sesame Workshop is the nonprofit behind Sesame Street, and we have been working with United Healthcare for more than a decade to support families, healthcare providers, and communities as they help kids everywhere grow smarter, stronger, and kinder. And our Growing Every Day, Every Way program provides families and grandparents with free resources in English and in Spanish, including help to access affordable and nutritious foods, easy ways that families can build resilience together, and fun tips to incorporate physical activity into their daily lives. 
And I know that some of my best memories with my grandparents revolve around food and being in the kitchen together. And we've created the new Happy, Healthy, Hopeful resource um, to help make these tough times a little easier and to offer parents and grandparents ways that they can connect with grandchildren on making healthy food choices and providing information on accessing nutritious meals for the whole family on a budget. The resource contains a lot of great information for adults and also some fun activities that the whole family can try together. Um, one of my favorite activities in there is eating with the five senses. Um, and you might prepare a favorite traditional family recipe with your grandkids and with your kids and um, use your five senses to talk about the food, um, you know, look at it, smell it, hear it, taste it. And, um, you know, when we eat more slowly and mindfully and we pay attention to our food, we digest our food better and we notice when our stomachs are full. And so that's a skill that grandparents can have fun enjoying with their grandkids, um, enjoying their favorite foods and helping kids build that skill. Well, you actually uh, kind of uh, spoke to this a little bit because one of the uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask was uh, why food insecurity specifically, which sounds like a dumb question now that I say it out loud, but uh, in the sense that certainly there are many challenges the grandparents face as caregivers to their grandkids. Talk about the importance of addressing this one in particular. Sure, I can uh, take that one. Well, you know that you know, health, the nutrition is foundational to health. And so food uh, insecurity or access to healthful foods is what we consider one of the determinants of health. And this is one of the aspects that United Healthcare is trying to address in uh, many of our resources. Um, so this is why this partnership with Sesame Workshop is so important to us. We also have, um, for grandparents, uh, we encourage everyone to shop around for their best health insurance for their needs and to have a strong relationship with your primary care provider. Um, one of our uh, plans are dual special needs plans, which is for those on Medicare and Medicaid. Our United Healthcare Dual Complete members will have access to up to $150 a month for covered over-the-counter products and groceries. And these dual special needs plans also have uh, acknowledge uh, the needs that families may have in terms of uh, transportation and other uh, covered benefits like dental, vision, hearing coverage, etc. Just underscores uh, the underlying uh, message is to empower grandparents uh, to take care of themselves uh, while, again, in many cases, we're talking about multi-generational uh, families, and let's not get lost in the shuffle here. Again, uh, just a, a good, solid message for Grandparents Day uh, all the way around. Uh, again, mention the uh, Growing Everyday Everyway program and this uh, latest um, uh, project uh, to encourage uh, healthy eating and uh, addressing food insecurity. Where do we find these resources online? Yeah, you can download our new Happy, Healthy, Hopeful resources for free in English and in Spanish at grandparentsday.com. Very good. We will link that up on our webpage. Again, Andrea Cody, project, Senior Project Manager at Sesame Workshop, Dr. Arathusa Kirk, National Senior Medical Director at United Healthcare Community and State. Ladies, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 20 years of good mornings on WFIN. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. There you go. <laughs> Loud beeps there. Uh, let's see here. 
in Sheldon, Iowa, 20-year-old Kieran Lee Shucknecht has been placed under arrest, charged with fifth-degree theft. Uh, the fact that he was arrested for stealing does not necessarily make this worthy of the broken news. What what he tried to steal, however, the merchandise that he tried to steal uh, is particularly noteworthy. Uh, apparently, Mr. Shucknecht uh, tried to steal some Hostess Ho-Hos and a soda. That's it. That's all. That's <laughs> so he tried to walk out. Police say the uh, suspect wandered into a Casey's General store and got a case of these sticky fingers. He grabbed three packages of Ho-Hos and two bottles of, uh, of soda pop, which he promptly shoved into his backpack. He then grabbed a slice of pizza and paid for that before moseying on out of the store. Uh, fortunately, the clerks were wise to his attempt at shoplifting and called police who arrested the sugary scoff law, noting that while the ho-hos were crushed, the store was able to recoup the uh, bottles of soda. So <laughs> wasn't a total loss. Uh, the uh, bottles were in resaleable condition and were put back on the shelves. So. <laughs> I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for those pesky kids. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, go through all of that trouble just to steal ho-hos in a soda. A uh, story out of uh, Florida this morning. Always seems like we have to have uh, some item out of Florida where a uh, vice operation has led to the arrest of 160 people, including several Disney employees <laughs> and a police chief. The week-long sting was designed to find victims, identify and find victims of sex trafficking as well as solicitors. Uh, investigators arrested two Disney employees, a state corrections officer, several school teachers, and even uh, Cartersville, Georgia, Deputy Police Chief Jason, Jason DePrima, <laughs> who came in from out of state. Uh, the uh, Cartersville Police Department in Georgia has released a statement saying that uh, Mr. Uh, DePrima has resigned from his position after being placed on administrative leave pending an internal investigation. Uh, Florida Sheriff uh, Grady Judd says their goal is to use the uh, new leads found in this operation to find more victims of sex trafficking. <laughs> That's embarrassing. 160 people, Disney, two Disney employees a state corrections officer, several school teachers, and one deputy police chief. That is a full day right there. I would say that your sting operation has been a success. Uh, weird story out of uh, New York. A man under arrest following a bizarre attack and robbery in Brooklyn last month. Uh, police have charged Dexter Millar with robbery from an attack that occurred August 20th at a subway station. Police say he struck a man in the back of the head with a piece of wood and then bit him on his right arm before taking his cell phone and running off. I don't know. It just seems very strange. You would whack somebody upside the head with a piece of wood and then bite their arm all to steal a cell phone. It just seems like overkill.
to me. Uh, and a couple of other items here. The uh, broken news this morning. Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Officials arrested a 26-year-old man in a drug raid. Uh, he was in possession of heroin, cocaine, marijuana. They found 17 guns, fentanyl, and Xanax. However, that's all the stuff they did recover. Uh, they have yet to recover a young tiger that uh, this person was being uh, was keeping as a pet. A young tiger. Uh, the animal has yet to be recovered, according to Albuquerque police. <laughs> uh, they did state that uh, they they did recover an alligator that was also being kept as a pet. <laughs> the drug raid. They uh, the alligator is now uh, safely housed a wildlife facility, but the tiger remains missing. Well, if I'm in Albuquerque, that is a little disconcerting. It is a uh, it is a young tiger, tiger cub, so not really really dangerous. But still, the uh, New Mexico Department of Game and Fish uh, says they would like to locate the tiger. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. And uh, finally, in the broken news this morning, <laughs> at least the police in New Zealand know the difference between a Nazi flag and the flag of the Klingon Empire from Star Trek. Apparently, police in New Zealand were called to a home that was supposedly flying a racist flag, the Nazi flag. Somebody saw what they thought was the Nazi flag flying outside of a home. They called police, um, and uh, because apparently that is uh, that is great. In this in this country, that's in bad taste, and someone would be uh, scorned mercilessly for uh, flying something like that. But I don't know that it would be illegal per se. But it is apparently in New uh, New Zealand. So police were called, uh, but they didn't find a Nazi flag. Instead, they found a flag celebrating the final frontier. Uh, in a, a news release, the police said it was not a uh, racist symbol and was, in fact, the Klingon flag of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> a, sure why, a sure way to attract attention from the United Federation of Planets. When asked by reporters, a spokesperson for the police department said uh, police regularly liaise with a number of law enforcement agencies around the world. However, I'm not immediately aware of any interplanetary relationships at this time. <laughs> at this time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, some of the uh, odd and unusual news items uh, this morning. Today's broken news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Ed Lance with OSU Extension. It's harvest season. Drivers will be sharing roads with combines and grain hauling vehicles. Please be alert, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this fall to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM.
Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We mentioned earlier that Grandparents Day uh, was yesterday, uh, was uh, the official Grandparents Day. And eight in 10 Americans agree that society puts far too much value on maintaining a youthful appearance. But this poll finds that there are a number of benefits of getting older. It's a survey of 2,000 adults uh, on the perspectives uh, surrounding aging. And what they found is that most Americans agree that in today's world, there is a negative bias uh, about aging or the perception of being old. So much so that 6 in 10 avoid, 61% to be specific, avoid sharing their age, their true age, for fear of being judged in that way as we said eight in ten say that society places too much value on appearing youthful uh sharing their positive bias three quarters of the respondents in this poll agreed that age is not something to fight or to fear but rather an opportunity to live a more fulfilling and emotionally healthy life Uh, 71% in the poll say they have actually seen areas of their lives improve with age. When you break it down, 49% say their confidence is higher now that they have gotten older. 45% say they have an improved sense of self, which certainly makes sense. Uh, Let's see here. 44% say that their relationships with family members have improved as they have gotten older. In fact, most, most people in the survey who have outgrown their 20s say that they feel more fulfilled and satisfied with their lives today. 69% say they feel more fulfilled. 71% say they are more satisfied with their lives today. Uh, just worth... I thought pointing out that uh, even though uh, it seems like we are all chasing after that fountain of youth, there are some definite benefits to growing older. Something to think about. OSU Extension 4-H educator Lauren Berner Kitzler is with us in the studio this morning. Have you caught your breath from the Hancock County Fair, all recovered and all of that now? Yes. Uh, good morning, listeners. So, yes, I, I have. So, I caught my breath and got a little bit more sleep. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. On the a, men. <laughs> it is a very long week, to be sure. It uh, is. With everything going on. Very early mornings, late nights, making Absolutely. sure everything's ready for the next day. You have everything in order, so... Definitely is. A lot of work going on uh, behind the scenes to pull off the fair with so many kids uh, that are involved in uh, 4-H and the, the, the uh, projects, uh, animals and otherwise. Uh, kind of give us a recap uh, of the uh, of the fair. Sort of look back and, I mean, what a uh, terrific, uh, terrific uh, week it was for the kids. It was. Uh, starting off with the weather, it was perfect weather. Mm-hmm. We did have a couple rainy days, which kind of hurt us, but mm-hmm. overall weather was wonderful. We had 37 amazing booths from each of our area clubs. And then talking with Britta Fencemaker, the junior fair coordinator, they ran through 473 exhibitors through the livestock sale sale on Monday. So I think they did really good. Um, The numbers were up. The community was purchasing animals. So coming off of a very rough year of COVID and not having a fair and then kind of having a fair last year, Mm -hmm. I say pretty 
Very good. We have good high expectations for 2023. Yeah, big uh, kudos. Uh, first of all, to all of the kids who put in uh, all of that work. Uh, really, again, we see the end result uh, that that week of the fair, and we were talking about this uh, when we were out there, but there is so much work that goes in to this over the course of an entire year to make it happen. Yes, absolutely. So right, right from the beginning, you know, January, we start our 4-H year, you know, clubs meet, starting to meet together, thinking about projects. Come March, we're ready to sign everybody up. Projects are picked. And then we move right into all of our um, judgings. We put on um, events at the fair or at the extension office if they need help with those projects mm-hmm. to kind of guide them through. All of our contests begin. We go into camp starting in June. And then once we return back from camp, it is all fair all hands on deck. Yeah. Um, and a big kudos, uh, especially when we talk about the livestock sale. Uh, and that's one of the things we didn't have a chance to talk too much about uh, during the time uh, at the fair because it was on Monday on uh, on Labor Day itself. But so many uh, members of the community come out to support the kids. And uh, that's a that's a big deal. It is. So they, they did something a little different this year. They provided a catered breakfast for all of the community buyers. So they started that off in the old Millstream Center. And then once that breakfast was over, they then moved to the livestock sale. But we have numerous amount of community supporters that come out and support these kids from your businesses, just to your grandma and grandpas who want to put something down for their for their 4-H members. So mm-hmm. definitely a big support, a big part of our community. It's so. always fun to uh, to go to the sale and, and watch that whole process. Uh, for those who have not done it before, it's really an interesting process because you have a, a lot of folks who maybe this is their only interface with the uh, ag community. Yes. Uh, so it how it works is if you if you've never been to it, I definitely encourage you just to go sit in the bleachers and just and just watch yeah. and hear and listen. Mm-hmm. It has a whole new aspect when it comes to the fair. You know that 4-H members coming in, but you have all those junior fair board members helping get those kiddos lined up in order um, by the species that it goes by. And then just hearing those auctioneers, you know, mm-hmm. rattle off, you know, sold and things like yeah. that. It's it's a whole new feeling inside. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it is the uh, payday for the uh, kids who take the uh, animal projects, work so hard on them uh, throughout the year. Uh, for some, uh, sock it away, uh, maybe for education or, or what have you. In a lot of cases, it goes right into the next year's project. Yes, very possible. So they'll rece- it is payday for them, but they will receive all of their money in October when we have our celebration of 4-H banquet. Mm-hmm. That's really the payday because you get the money in yeah, hand. Right. Um, but yeah, some members take it and put it towards college education. Some put it right back into the project for the following year. I'm sure some probably spend a little bit of it, you know, as a sure. nice little reward. Because you got to treat yourself. Little man money. Yes, sure. yes Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, that is a, a big day. And then, you know, come October, October 18th is our big celebration of 4-H Banquet. We'll have back at the fairgrounds at the Old Millstream where those kiddos will actually get their money. That's what I was going to say. What happens now? Uh, we're past the fair. Uh, as we said, everybody can kind of take a deep breath after working so hard to pull it all off. So what happens next? What are you doing now? Starting next, we are already in preparation for, our, like I said, our celebration of 4-H banquet, mm-hmm. which happens in October. Right. That's just a day for all, or excuse me, an evening for all of the 4-H members, advisors, community to come together. Um, we put on a dinner. We put on recognitions of all of our different awards from Judges' Choice Awards. We recognize the club booth that got something, and then we move into a volunteer banquet where we come together, our extension office and the fair board come together, and we just put on a dinner meal catered for all of the volunteers that it takes to 
put on our fair just as a little thank you. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you said in, in January, is that when things start to uh, Yep, so that's when everything kind of starts, year? starts yeah. back up. Um, clubs normally take, they normally some have meetings for the holidays, but a lot of them kind of take a take a break off and they reconvene mm-hmm. back in that January. Yeah. Because um, January 1, we start right back up with 4-H, so. And uh, so that's when all of those projects will be chosen that you will see next year at the fair. Correct. Yep. So uh, clubs can, when they reconvene and meet together, um, they're given a list by our office of what projects we have available. Um, not all projects are available every year. It just kind of depends on what's happening down at the state level. Mm-hmm. They will get a book, uh, a handbook is what we call it, with all of the projects listed. Okay. So they will be able to pick what they like from from that handbook. So, so. Uh, in the meantime, between now and then, uh, you get into uh, recruitment uh, to uh, get kids involved in uh, 4-H? Yes. So at the youth building during the fair, we had lots of new members want to come and sign up. So we have our flyers going out to them this week now that we're all back in the office at normal hours, mm-hmm. um, have all of our flyers going back out, helping those new members join. Um, we have lots of advisors who want to also join to be a 4-H advisor. So we have all that information going out. So that way they can fill out their applications. And by January 1, we're ready to bring them on board with us. So it's not like nothing is going on. Yes, there's no, no breaks right now. So <laughs> Especially we are... for you folks. Maybe the kids get a few weeks off. Yes. But you guys are busy uh, organizing everything for the uh, year to come. You mentioned uh, for those who may be interested in signing up their kids, uh, you can do that from the youngest ages uh, all the way up. So we up, have right? Clover Buds, which starts at age 5. Mm-hmm. And and then to be in 4-H, you have to be nine and in the third grade as okay. of January 1. It's a right. little tricky, but yes. So so that's the uh, the cutoff. And uh, just reach out to the extension office? Yeah, for you can more. call our office or you can visit our website, um, hancock.osu.edu, for all of that information as it's now up and posted. And you mentioned uh, advisors because obviously none of this can happen without uh, adult volunteers. Uh, and there are a number of ways. I know in the past we've talked about uh, the fact that if you want to get involved but you're not necessarily ready to take on a club as an advisor, maybe you have uh, some sort of uh, special skill that you can lend to one of the clubs who may be looking for yes so we have our what's called our organizational advisor that's kind of the head advisor of the group but there are members out there that don't necessarily want to be a full-time head advisor right so we always are looking for those volunteers you know we have a sewing group we have um our goat council so if there's something you have a niche in we're always happy to help find that because we know you know if you have a niche in it i'm sure there's others out there that have that interest as well And again, uh, reach out to the Extension Office for more information. Absolutely, yep, all on our website. Very good. Again, uh, Lauren Berner-Kitzler with us uh, this morning, OSU Extension 4-H educator, kind of recapping the Hancock County Fair, looking ahead to what comes next. And again, get it all started before you know it. Uh, Be all ready to go for next year. Uh, Lauren, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Listeners, have a great rest of your day. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. Shoot us an email if there's something you want to share directly. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and lots more. Again, goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. So check us out online. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.